you guys are having an amazing week so far and mine has been going well thanks for asking um this week um i went back to my high school just for reference i graduated in 2010 so almost a decade ago and i just wanted to meet with a few of my old teachers to pitch some ideas for some projects i have in the pipeline that could potentially be of benefit to their students and students in other schools in the region and in going back there was something that was very very striking to me about being back somewhere that I haven't been in a long time and also coming to to terms with the reason why I hadn't been back in such a long time so I don't know I don't think this is an exclusively me problem so that's why I wanted to share it but I have this thing about me where when there are people in my life who have high expectations of me and these expectations are justified I guess by what they've seen me do and what they know I have the potential to accomplish if I don't feel like I've embodied the equivalent of the expectations that they have for me I sometimes avoid those people and why I say this is a me problem and not a them problem is because sometimes the expectations we feel that we believe people have of us is so high because we are aware of our ability to achieve at a higher level of greatness than we currently are. So for me, I went to school, I graduated, I got my um, double degrees and all of that stuff, but I didn't feel like that was enough for me to come and report back to them. Whereas if I had come back and reported that these are the things I've accomplished, they'd probably be very proud and very happy. But because I knew within myself that I had the potential to push more, I didn't want to go back to them. And at that point, it became my insecurities of my ability to, well, my insecurities of what I've done compared to my ability to do. And the gap between the two made me feel ashamed of what I had accomplished because even though it's good enough for some people I knew that I wasn't achieving the best that I could and one of the negative consequences of having this type of mentality is that sometimes you can miss out on opportunities and also miss out on being able to see people that you should when you should or while you still have a chance to and I think that's probably the most difficult part of the whole mentality and one of the reasons that I'm really trying my best to push away from that and trying to make sure that I see people when I when they're still here and not worry so much about being perfect or having enough good things to say because lots of times your company and people seeing you is enough comfort and enough joy for them that all of that other by the way this is what I'm up to is actually irrelevant so I really just took away from that that some types of delays are very unnecessary and they can be detrimental to your life and to what you want to do and even to the love you have for people because when you avoid seeing someone who's made a big impact or someone who you really care about because you feel like you're not in the best place that's an internal issue that you you most likely don't communicate because we often don't communicate our insecurities and what that does sometimes is stop 
that person from knowing the impact they had in your life. And it could make that person feel as if you're avoiding them because you don't like them. Whereas you like them so much that you want to be able to tell them all the great things you did, which you don't feel like you're at that place yet. So just don't delay people who you want to see, see them while they're here, see them while they're available, make time for them. And if you're on a process, um, on a journey and you're not where you want to be yet, the fact that you're still moving is an amazing accomplishment because lots of people get stuck in their past. They get stuck in the pain that they've gone through. They get stuck in the bump in the road and they can never pick themselves back up. So the fact that you're still moving towards something is enough for you to celebrate. It's not always the big grandiose accomplishments that are worth talking to people about and you'll never you could actually be surprised that those people will offer you a bigger push towards the goals just by you being around them and by you not being too scared of not being great to see the people who are around you and I hope you guys had some time to um, meditate on the words to live by for last week which were a setback on my journey doesn't mean I'm off track and from my book through my brown eyes shameless plug well it's my podcast it's my book I should be plugging my stuff um <laughs> on page 16 there's a poem that I thought perfect perfect perfectly embodied what I think this well what I think the words to live by for last week really means and a, a more positive spin to look at it so on page 16 of through my brown eyes in broken places I've found pieces of myself I never would have found that I never knew I needed for when I entered the fixed places, which I probably would have broken if I had entered into them when I really wanted to. And what I feel this poem and the words to live by for last week represent is the fact that every single part of our journey has a purpose and a meaning to the end goal. And when we're on our journeys and if you're somebody who's extremely focused and driven and you want to get to where you want to get to quickly and you have your plan set out when you when you hit a bump in the road or when you have um have a setback it can make you feel as if you failed because of the plans we have for ourselves but i feel like the way that life works is that those setbacks all offer something to you and if you rush through and get to the end it would be a tragedy not to be able to sustain because there were certain traits that you were supposed to pick up along the way in the broken places and in the setbacks that are actually necessary for you to achieve and sustain your ultimate goal so we need to take from all situations what what is meant to be learned from it and leave the rest. And I feel like that's actually the issue that people have because once you end up in a setback, you get so dejected or so disappointed or so heartbroken that you stay there. Instead of acknowledging the feelings that you have as valid, taking the positives, and even if the positive is something like, I've experienced this type of stupidity and now I know what it looks like and I'll never experience it again. That's a positive because it's sometimes better to 
go through something at a smaller level than to go through that same experience at a higher level because the reper- um, the repercussions of that situation at a higher level can be much more detrimental and much more damaging. Whereas if you go through it at a, at a smaller level in, or a lower level in your life, you've seen it, you've recognized it, you've acknowledged what it is. So now when it tries to come back and rear its ugly head in the future, you see it and you cut it off at its feet before it ever grows into something big and uncontrollable. So yeah, I really hope that helps you guys and that you just kind of, every situation has its good and bads. And it's important that we're able to look at a situation and not just be immersed in the negativity of it but to be able to always pull out the positives because you never know when those things are going to become useful for you and they might be be useful to you very, very soon. So you just need to get yourself out of that place and move on to the next great journey or continue on the great journey that you were currently on prior to that setback or that bump in the road. For this week, um, I'm going to be talking about FOMO. So for those who don't know what FOMO is, FOMO means fear of missing out. And what I found is that social media has everybody looking like they're living life with a capital L. And life with a capital L is super positive, super joyous, highlight reel only, everything is good, all the opportunities are landing, I'm exactly where I want to be, and you the viewer of my story or my feed should want to be like me. And what happens with this highlight real type life that's being portrayed on social media is that it sometimes puts subconscious pressure on us for us to want to be in the mix of the action or for us to always want to do what everybody else is doing. And The problem with FOMO is that that pressure that we're feeling pushes us to extremes sometimes and pushes us in negative ways. But it's it's also very important that I do note because most of the talk is going to be about the unfavorable aspects of FOMO. But it's important to to also note that not everything has its good and bads, you know. And yes, some things have more bads than good, but it's important to always acknowledge that in certain, even in negative situations, there may be positivity pulled out of it because there are some people who have seen people doing things on social media and people accomplishing their dreams or being super positive and driven. And through the fear of missing out, they have been able to activate something in themselves that they may have not had the push to if not for the fact that they had seen somebody doing it so I'm never gonna sit here even if I talk about the negative social effects of social media and the negative self um like self-confident effects of social media I'm never gonna mitigate the fact that social media can be used for good and that it's not all trash because that would just be unrealistic and very wrong on my part because I use social media for good and it's been working quite well for me in some aspects whenever I try. So it's just, I just wanted to throw that out there before I get into this so that people don't think that FOMO is always, always leads to negativity. There are some people who will push you like Gary V, for example, he's someone who I like to 
watch his videos on occasion and sometimes just the way he yells it the way he swears about it the way he's no bs pushes me to want to get up and do what i want to do and i look at myself and i think why am i blocking myself this guy is making it so clear and obvious and my fear of missing out on my potential because of the way this man is talking about things can push me to want to hit that level but i feel that for the most part social media pushes us to unfavorable or not social media fomo and the subconscious pressures and sometimes conscious pressures like it's not always we don't know jedi jedi mind trick it's very often we see these things and we know exactly what we feel and we know exactly what we're feeling to do based on what we're seeing around us and um that pressure that we feel because of FOMO can push us into unfavorable decisions and what I wanted to talk about for the remainder of this episode is four things FOMO pressure will have you doing and my hopes is that if when we talk about these things because we're saying it can be conscious and subconscious and sometimes what we feel can be very conscious but the way it manifests itself in our lives can be subconscious so i think it's important to just talk about these are four not exhaustive of course because i'm fomo has people doing some wild stuff in these streets so these are just four ways that i have noticed fomo pressure and the things that it'll have you doing and hopefully you, if you see any of these in your life this is the wake up call that you can that you're receiving and this is where you needed to be to hear this so that maybe you can put into action some some ways that you can counteract these feelings if you find yourself feeling or doing these things so the first one is that FOMO pressure will have you in places you have no reason being in and I'd say this is one that is that is just something that I feel a lot of people go through a personal story when I was in high school um, a friend of mine invited me to a get together slash house party at a friend's at a friend of hers this person used to be my friend and was no longer my friend we had a falling out and she didn't really like me much and if you're going to the house of somebody who doesn't like you or if you've been invited to the house of someone who doesn't like you wisdom will have you think that maybe this is not the place that I should be but I didn't want to go I kid you not I I objected multiple times and my friend who is friends with both of us was like no come come it'll be okay it'll be all right it'll be fine come so everybody I knew was gonna be there it was a hot summer day and there was no one in the in the neighborhood because everybody was going to this party so it was either be at home by myself or go to this party at somebody's house who really doesn't mess with me like that and me being young and FOMO doing what FOMO does I went to this party and when I got there it was okay um the girl gave me a weird stare but there was no other altercation between her and I or myself and her sister who apparently also didn't like me and (laughs) was pissed that I was in their house, which I don't blame them. I was in the space of somebody who didn't want me around, but FOMO stupidity. And, um, what happened was that when 
the so it started off it was like a daytime barbecue kind of thing people playing dominoes doing whatever they do and then in the night it turned into a basement jam <laughs> basement party whatever you might call it and when we were at this party i'm not a dancer i'm not into all of that so first of all it wasn't even fully my scene people were smoking not my scene i don't smoke and i'm in somebody's house who doesn't like me so at one point a guy who i had really liked ended up coming to the party and everybody who was there who knew me knew that I liked this guy and he didn't go to our school but he would come to our school on occasion and he and I had really hit it off so being that I was in her space and being that petty child behavior I tell you guys all the time I have a petty bone so I don't look at I look at this and laugh um the girl who didn't like me who was hosting the party went out of her way to to make sure that in my line of sight she took this guy who I was really interested in and who I thought was interested in me and just make out with him for for like I'd say maybe 30 minutes <laughs> and it was crazy and people were like are you kidding me but that's what FOMO got me and FOMO, when you have FOMO and it puts you in places that you have no business being in, you always regret it at the end. It could be a beach party and you're just there and you're like, why am I here? I'd really rather be home, but IG, but Snapchat. So it's important to realize when you're putting yourself in in compromising or unfavorable or even spaces that you don't have any interest in being truly just for the sake of keeping up with the Joneses or just for the sake of it, the fact that that space is popular. And if you're doing this, maybe it's time that you stop because it never, it never turns out good. You'll see that IG girl who is so popping and she'll be having a party and you'll go there and you'll, and you'll be one of three people there because this persona is not necessarily real or you'll get there and you'll just, your friends are having a good time and you're not and you're stuck because y'all drove one car. So formal pressure will have you in places you have no reason being. So if you find yourself in places like that often, pay attention. You might just be caught by FOMO. The second way FOMO pressure gets you is that FOMO pressure has you making unwise trade-offs. And I'd say this is probably number one obvious FOMO, um, what's the word? FOMO results. Because when it comes to fear of missing out and wanting to be somewhere because you do not want to miss out, you start to make unwise trade-offs to ensure that you're there. And Fear of missing out is not necessarily just a physical location. Fear of missing out could be you missing out on being cool. And being cool sometimes is picking to pop bottles at a club instead of paying your bills with that money. And also sometimes taking short-term benefits over your long-term goals and what that does is that you end up for the moment representing what you want to represent to the masses but 
when life happens on the back end, as it always does, you end up having to play a stupid level of catch up. And it's, um, there's this, I don't even remember who said it. Someone had, one of my friends back in the day had said something that the person who drinks gari has a plan. And for those of you who are not Nigerian or not West African, gari is like, um, cassava and it's, I guess, seen as a low end food. So it's like saying the person who's constant, who eats cereal for dinner has a plan. And what it essentially boils down to is the fact that you're willing to make sacrifices today and do something unfavorable for the long-term goal of being where you want to be. But what FOMO has you doing is flipping that on its head. So FOMO will have you going into debt to, to be that person who travels a lot, going into debt to, to be able to pop bottles at the club, um, staying up late to act as if you're living your best life and then going to work and being tired and not being able to fulfill your duties. And when you flip things on their head, what happens is that when it becomes time, if you had gone in the right order to actually be at those places that you wanted to be at because everybody else was there, you'll now be playing catch up because if you had saved your money and done things the right way, you'd now be able to spend that money. But because you were spending money you didn't have to keep up with people who you don't know, to do things you don't care about, to make them feel like you're living your best life, capital L, you are now at a place of not, you're at a place where you are behind and it's hard to catch up. And because of that, and the thing is that responsibilities don't run away. You're going to owe that debt regardless. So now you've put yourself in a bad position where you're trying to get to that place and you're trying to undo all of those mistakes. And one thing that I found is that responsibilities aren't Instagrammable. And it sucks because if people could put their bills out there and it, well, you can, you can Instagram anything. <laughs> like literally people Instagram anything and people post anything, but it's not attractive to post that I can't go to the club today and then put a a picture of your $2,000 mortgage. It's not cute. So people are now pushing their responsibilities to the side and making the trade-off of doing what looks good instead of doing what I have to do. So if you find yourself constantly making this trade-off, I'm not saying a once in a lifetime trip comes up and you know that you can budget accordingly and pinch pennies to make it happen. I'm saying if you constantly find yourself doing things when you know you have no business or no money doing them because everybody else is, you are probably being pressured by FOMO. The third thing that FOMO pressure will have you doing is that it will have you hating on your blessings. And I I think this is one that people probably don't even realize because our blessings are sometimes not super obvious to us. And in the episode when I spoke about gifts and how our gifts are easy, I think some our gifts are also our blessings in this way. I think not I think all gifts are blessings, but not all blessings are necessarily gifts. So I'm going to use gifts here as an example. 
because what happens is that we distort the value of our blessings because our blessings are not necessarily Instagrammable. And because some of our blessings and our strengths are not things that can necessarily be posted out there or things that can be that can be retweeted or things that are favorable to the social media masses. I say social media masses. If y'all could see me, I have some air quotes up because lots of time what's favorable to the social media masses is not what actually translates to money or success or power in the full grand scheme of it, but we don't know any better. This is what we're seeing. And some of us get sucked into the rat race or get sucked into the trap of having equating social media to our success. So because certain, some of our blessings are not loud and they're not, and they're not easily put out there or because some of our blessings are not creative, which is what I find a lot of what social media is. It's the arts. It's, well, it's obviously bodies and fake bodies and models and all of that. But a lot of what gets a lot of attention is maybe the poetries or the arts or the pictures and all of that type of stuff. And those things may not be our strengths. And if you find yourself hating on your blessings because they're not blessings that can be translated into pictures that can therefore be translated into likes, you may be falling into social FOMO pressure. So yeah, I'm someone who I'd say I'm creative, I guess a creative if that's a thing that matters, but a lot of my work, I don't find that I can easily get it to resonate on social media. And in trying to push for that, I found myself at one point feeling extremely pressured and feeling that maybe my work isn't as good as other people's because people aren't re, um, reposting it, people aren't liking it, people aren't putting up my quotes but then I started to realize that this might not be my lane and understanding that it's not my lane is important because if you're driving in the wrong lane and not understanding why you're not getting somewhere maybe it's time for you to stop and turn around and reassess the directions that you're going in the fourth and final FOMO pressure is that FOMO will have you wanting to trade your blessings for half seen options of somebody else. And I'd say this is this is probably very high up there in terms of what people feel and do and it I feel that this is kind of where the internal meets the external because you hating on your blessings which was number 3 can be very internal. You don't have to talk about it, you don't have to show it, but what happens is that when you take that hate of your blessings because they're not out there and other people the way they're doing their thing is getting a lot of attention and your fear of missing out on that attention has you feeling some kind of way what happens is that you then want to trade your blessings for what other people have so for me now let's just keep it to myself so I don't ruffle any feathers because I don't know who could be listening or who could think my podcast is a sub um just to keep it mellow and positive i have a poetry book as you guys know i plug it all the time and the link is in the show notes if you want to purchase a copy um i have a poetry book i believe that my poetry book has a lot of good material in it i believe that it, it will resonate i believe that it's going to impact people 
if they read it. So I wrote this book in a way that I felt encompassed what I needed it to encompass. It was some, some of it is deep. Some of it is shallow. Some of it is somewhere in between just floating. And that's what I thought I want. I had to do, but looking at social media and some of what is really selling in the poetry sphere and in the, in the IG poet sphere, a lot of my poems may not resonate in those ways. So when I was writing this book, I actually had to decide that I'm going to write this book in a way that I feel is going to be encompassing of what I think a book written by me needs to represent. And I came to grips with the fact that what my book is going to represent may not necessarily be easily accepted or easily, it may not easily fall into line with typical IG poetry, or it might not, I might not have enough quotes or enough of what hits those markers for me to get that type of IG fame. And I decided that some people on the other hand may see that they have this talent to do something, but the way they're doing it, which is true to themselves, true to their craft, true to their talent is not in line with how people are like what people want to consume on social media or what is getting people into certain doors. So at that point, then they might want to trade off on how they do their thing in exchange for the the formula that they that they believe is working for somebody else. And why I call this a half seen option of somebody else is because you only are seeing the front end. You're seeing what they end up posting on Instagram and what's getting results. You don't know what work is going in in the back. You don't know what that person's going through. You don't know maybe that person is tied to a contract that pushes them to only create for the social media machine, whereas they want to create something that may be more deep or maybe a completely different path, but the powers that be and the powers that pay them have put them in a box. So it's important that we look at our situation and, and when we're comparing it to somebody else's or when we're seeing what people are getting and the results they're getting, it's important to know that we see our whole picture, but all we ever really see is half of anybody else's picture. Even when people do docu-series and they break down their life for you and they tell you what a day in their life is, that is still curated and shined and buffered. Very few people will be 100% candid with strangers all the time. So it's important to remember that you're only seeing a piece of the picture. And if you were to actually trade what you have, when you know you're full monsters and like angels and demons that you're dealing with for what you perceive to be an angel of somebody else's, you don't have any clue what's going on on the back end. So it's important that we don't allow this pressure of what we're seeing other people do and wanting to be in the mix take us to a point where we squander what we have. We don't know how long social media is going to be around. We don't know how and how powerful this is going to be. We're like the generation that is really at the forefront and at the beginning of this. And it would be a tragedy for you to work and tailor and cut away parts of you for the machine 
And then 10 years from now, the machine is irrelevant. Like right now, a bunch of stuff that IG is doing in terms of taking away likes, taking away activity page, testing a lot of stuff, they're really taking the power that's behind it away. Before people used to know someone was popping because they got a bunch of likes, but now everybody's like says, insert random name and others. The power is already going away. So you don't want to now sacrifice pieces of yourself at an unworthy altar for the sake of not missing out on things that are probably not even that popping. So yeah, I really hope that helps you guys. And I hope that it just gives you a chance to look at things from a different place and to reevaluate where your value lies. And if your values and what's pushing you is not necessarily rooted in what it should be, maybe this is time for you to look at it, give it a second look and reassess how you're operating and how you're doing what you're doing. So with that, I'm just going to get right into my words to live by for this week. And they are not all success is Instagrammable. <laughs> um, this is pretty straight to the point. Success should not be, success is measured with many different instruments. And when we take one instrument and use it as a measure of our success, when that instrument isn't the correct instrument to use, what's going to happen is that we're going to give our success weight, less weight than is due to it. For example, if you're trying to measure a house, you're not going to take a ruler, like a, a tiny ruler or a protractor. You might get it done, but the time that it'll take you to get to where you need to be and the time and the value that you'll put on what you're doing will be very skewed because you're using the wrong measurements and the wrong tools to measure. You can't, just like with baking, you measure liquids in a liquid measuring cup. You me measure, measure dry things in a dry measuring cup. If you measure liquids in a dry measuring cup, you're never going to get the right weight fully because that's not the tool that's meant for it. So understand that Instagram is a tool. And for some success that you have, Instagram is not going to be the tool to get you to that level of success. And just to plug a podcast that I truly love and adore and that I feel really kind of put this into perspective for me, um, Lovey Ajayi has a podcast called Rants and Randomness. And in her podcast, she brings on amazing, amazing, amazing individuals who are, who are leaders in their fields, who are I'm sure extremely wealthy as well and who are impacting change on high levels. And after her podcast episodes and I hear from these people and they're interviewed and I'm just like, wow, this person's amazing. I usually go to find them on IG to follow them because I want positivity and greatness in my feed. And what I found often is that these people, if they have a hundred thousand followers, like that's big. And it lets you know that the measure of their success is not Instagrammable. So it's important that we we attribute to our success the proper measures and don't get discouraged when certain aspects of the social world are not translating to our work. So always take the right measuring tool and use that to measure. And if you find yourself having success but not feeling like it's you've arrived because certain things aren't validating it i.e a blue check or a, a million followers 
you need to step back and reassess, as I said earlier, what exactly your priorities are and what success means to you and see if you're, if you're on the right track with yourself, because it would be a tragedy to have success on high levels, but be blinded by the fact that IG ain't showing you love or Twitter people ain't retweeting your stuff because that's not always where it is. So yeah, I really hope that helps you guys have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.